Well, hello and welcome to episode 67 of the 1099 for the week of November 14th, 2016. I am your host, as always, Josiah Renauden, and with me today is the owner and host of the Spawn on Me podcast, Khalif Adams. Khalif, how are you doing today? Man, thank you so much for having me on. This is going to be so cool. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember when you told me, you're like, hey, you should come on the show. I was like, word? Okay, I'm down. Let's do this. <laughs> let's make this happen. I'm like, let's do it. Let's talk about some stuff. Yeah, it's like an indie podcast collaboration going on right now. I love I it. Like, I yeah, love it. You're one of the people, again, your podcast. I just saw it, and I'm like, I... I need to eventually talk to these guys. Like seeing you uh, on like the lobby with Danny O'Dwyer at one point too was like, man, they're really they're getting at it. Like they are doing this <laughs> exactly the way they should be doing this. Uh, so again, congrats on all the success, and it's it's fun to see so much positivity around a podcast like yours and see it like you know maybe at the start it took a bit to get going i think a lot of podcasts you just need to break through that wall and you did that and before we get into anything with your podcast do you guys all podcast in the same place because i'm insanely jealous of your audio quality like when i listen to it i'm like man i do you have a studio (laughs) do you have like three thousand dollar mics what's going on there we have none of those things what (laughs) we have none of those things so so uh we're all in three different places uh i'm in portland to me at this point this is a lie no no we it it gets even better so we uh i'm in portland uh my other uh, co-host cicero holmes is in chicago and my other uh, co-host uh sharif jackson is in milwaukee so uh we're all in three different places um, up until last year, or actually up until earlier this year, uh, we had all never met together and what? we still haven't all been in the same place at the same time. So I didn't even meet the person who helped me, uh, co-found the show until earlier this year. And we've been doing it for almost three years. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, Cool things you can do when you uh, record your audio in three different places to make it sound good. Oh my uh, God. But no, we've ne- we're ne- we've never recorded a show together, all three of us in the same place. Um, so that's that hasn't happened yet. You're gonna need to send me like a word document going a step by step of explaining how your podcast sounds so good because I it, was it's listening. Super easy. It's it's super easy. I, I know this is not this is not super fascinating for everyone to learn about podcast stuff, but is it Audacity? Just three separate Audacity channels you're combining into one? Is it like magic? What is going on? Recording your audio audio locally is what gets you that good sound. And we don't have great, we don't have like super sexy mics either. You know, we are, we're on like a hundred dollar microphones. You know, we started off, we, it's kind of the beauty of where podcasting has gotten where you can get really good sound quality without having to spend super amounts of money. There are some, some equipment that I want that I'm like, I just drool over it when I hear other people's <laughs> shows too. Uh, but yeah, we're pretty much like, you know, went to Best Buy, got stuff on Amazon and, and, and I put it together. I produced the show. Um, so. You know, just getting people together and getting local audio, just record it on your own and then stitch it together and it sounds great. I'm not even kidding. When I was listening to it yesterday, I'm like, they must, they must be in like a studio like CBS with like like the Giant Bomb guys all sit in that room with like, you know, $10,000 worth of equipment. Like I thought that's what was going on. So kudos to you on nailing that. Uh, <laughs> so getting beyond the audio quality, which I could probably talk about all day, uh, what was the actual origin of the podcast, of the Spot on Me podcast? Because all three of you guys are longtime gamers and my guess is that over time, it must have been a little bit frustrating when you're playing that many games as a kid, maybe to see a lack of diversity in games, because a lot about your podcast is highlighting people of color and highlighting diversity in games and among the community. So did you feel like this podcast filled a need that was out there that wasn't getting filled? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was one of those things that when we kind of sat down and decided, Cicero and I, that we wanted to do this, we said, all right, so, you know, podcasting is really hard right now. Everybody and their mother has a podcast yep. at this point. So how do you how do you separate yourself from the pack? 
Um, and we reached out to a couple of folks who were doing uh, shows as well. And I said, hey, you know, what's the what's the best advice that you can give us to say, you know, we want to kind of make our make a mark and stake our claim and do something different. And they said, you have to figure out an angle that's going to be something that other people are going to want to kind of cling on to and, and attach themselves to. And you said, you know, what are, what are the things that you actually need? You know, what are the things that you want as a person who's in this space? And I was like, I want to hear about people who look like me doing stuff like this in the gaming industry. Um, and we said, you know what, let's try to figure out if we can do this and make sure that, you know, when we're having these conversations, they come from a nuanced position. Because um, that's a foundational uh, point of, of our show is like we want to bring nuance back to the, the internet because it's gone. <laughs> it's like, where's Waldo <laughs> but for nuance? <laughs> you know, uh, and, and then also be able to talk about people of color and, and, and talk about our experiences and the prism that we that we play games through uh, because no one is doing that conversation. No one is having it. Um, and I still think that, you know, even, you know, three years in, no one is really having that conversation in the way that we have. So um, it was it was that impetus to kind of move forward and see if we could actually stake a claim and, and, and do something different. Um, and it seems to be working. It seems to be resonating with folks in a way that um, even I didn't expect uh, when we first kind of did the first show. Um, and it seems to be moving. So we're, we're happy about that, that people are gravitating towards it. Yeah, I think that idea that there's a lot of podcasts out there and there's not a lot of new, exciting ideas. A lot of it is like, oh, hey, I like games, so let's do a podcast where we start out with, here's what we've been playing, here's the news of the day, and then we're going to answer some emails. And like, okay, but that's been done for the last like 10 years consistently <laughs> and done very well by people with a budget, with a big backing, with like very recognizable names. If you are some random dude or some random girl who just starts a podcast and doesn't really add anything to it, you got to like look at it and say, why would people want to listen to this? If I, you know, if I was an outsider, why would I want to listen to this? And you've done that super well. And like, I think that's, you need to come into a podcast with a goal in mind and something unique that people actually want to listen to and thankfully again with your amazing audio quality and the fact that you guys are just cool guys like it really works with what you're doing <laughs> i feel like before the best way to get your message out if you did want to get your message out about games about what you had to say about them you almost had to be on a major website like it was hard to mm. just get your message out there because you needed to be at a game spot at an ign or something like that you could have your own blog but very often you know who's going to read same with the podcast like who's going to read some random blog if they don't know who the person is they don't have the backing behind it but now with mm -hmm. podcasts and youtube you can find an audience all on your own i mean how cool has that been for you guys like you said you didn't know if it was going to resonate at the start how cool is it that now people really like associate with this podcast they they download it every single week how long did that take too man um it's it was one of those things that feels even kind of, you know, I don't want to get too sappy about it, but it's it's life affirming in, in a lot of ways yeah. where, you know, you look at the space and you look at, you know, the outside things that are happening in the world and you're like, hey, you know, can you can you make any uh, change that you can see um, in a daily way or even in a monthly way or, you know, in a way that makes you feel like you're actually moving the needle in some kind of direction. Um, and it's been super super cool to kind of just know that you know you know i started recording on my kitchen table <laughs> you know oh me too and, you know like recording on my kitchen table and now every week you know people from all over the planet can listen to our show um it, that that kind of stuff really 
just tells you how beautiful the kind of technology that we've been able to just have in our hands and in our homes has become. I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, people get down on tech and people get, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's wrong in the tech field and, and gaming and gaming culture. But we live in fantastic, amazing times that we can do this. Like we're having this conversation right now, you know, yeah. it, it, o- over the technology that we probably piss and moan about when we turn it off. But it's something but it's cool that we are able to do this kind of stuff. Um it takes a little bit of time to get some footing. You know, we had we had some uh, we had a really great number uh, of listens for our first episode. We were like in the in the four hundreds on our first episode, right? Yeah. Um, luckily, we had some folks who you know knew some of the work that we did, and we had met some folks before. I'd gone to a lot of conferences and kind of hit them with the the idea beforehand. It was like, hey, look out for this. Maybe you can spread it. And then the second show tanked. <laughs> yeah, the second show in terms of numbers, right? Um, and it was fine, and you know, it was one of those things that I freaked out because I was like, "We, what do you mean? You're just supposed to go up? <laughs> the numbers are just supposed to go in one direction." Um, but it didn't, and that was kind of good. It, it gave us a lot of perspective on how to kind of look at these numbers and look at the metrics, and also, you know, not necessarily change out what we did, but also kind of just remember that you have to stay the course. It's a, uh, you know, three years in. We kind of turned a corner uh, with some with some bigger shows that we had some some good guests on. We had some bigger guests on, um, and that helped a lot. Uh, trying to kind of move things towards uh, you know better numbers and more people listening and things like that, and kind of getting the message out. Uh, so yeah, it, it takes a while. You got to kind of just stay the course. If you really dig it and you know that you're doing something good and cool, um, you don't really start to think about the numbers until you have to like ask someone for review copy or you have to go yeah. to a conference. Like, can I get a press pass? Um, so honestly, just keep pushing. Like, it, you're going to be putting out good stuff. And if you really like what you're doing and you think the stuff that you're putting out is fun and it really says something that you want to say, then keep going. Don't even worry about the numbers. The numbers will come. The numbers are such a weird thing because I totally agree. Sometimes you have that moment where, like, I remember that first episode I had where I, I've i run podcasts before. I was When I was at, like, Indie Sites, I would be, like, hosting podcasts or be on podcasts. So I, my first number in my head was, like, you know, if I get like 50 people on this first one, whatever, like that'll be an accomplishment. I'm just, again, doing this on my kitchen table. Like who knows? And you get like 300 in the first one. I'm like, oh man, like that's really cool. And it kind of went forward like that. And then there was a dip and I was like, oh, like, am I doing something wrong? But then you have that moment where you have like, like you mentioned the right guest. And especially with podcasts like ours, so much about that is your podcast listening base can be changed by one retweet, which is insane where like uh, I had. Alex Navarro from Giant Bomb on, who's one of the coolest people, uh, and he's, he's so such dope. a genuinely nice dude. And like, so dope. I, uh, you know, post the podcast after like an hour. I'm like, ah, cool. And it's like a hundred, you know, downloads already within an hour. That's not bad at all. And then he retweeted it, and by the end of the day, I was at like three thousand. I was like, what? Yep. The actual yep. hell just happened. And like, so much <laughs> of it is like that. Did you have a moment where? you were maybe seeing a dip in numbers and not really rebounding or the work was too much where you guys were just like, is this worth the effort? Should we keep doing this podcast? Yeah. I mean, we, we had one of those weeks where we had actually like a couple of, uh, like a slot of shows, like a good 10, 10 uh, show stretch where we were like, Oh man, this is rough. Like, is, is anyone listening? You know, are people actually paying attention to it? And it's also hard because you don't really get, the the numbers you need because iTunes doesn't really have good metrics yet. Oh, it's and so stuff bad. Like that. It's so frustrating on that end, right? So it's like you don't really have 
ways to kind of determine if your show is doing well, like if you were running a blog or a website. Um, so you kind of have to go on the ears of what you've been seeing on your social media channels and also, you know, you, whoever, whoever you're hosting and stuff. And we looked at it and we were like, man, you know, I don't know if this is actually doing anything. Um, and then we got Adam Sessler on the show. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But it was interesting because it was one of those things where, you know, if you if you're looking to have a show that has guests on it and you're looking to reach out to folks, you know, my best advice is that, you know, come to people in a way that lets them know how important you think that their work is. Um, and I think that that is a thing that resonates with people all the time. You know, I think a, a lot of folks don't understand that folks in the gaming industry are human beings mm -hmm. and that they have feelings and that they have emotional needs and wants. But not to say that you're playing playing on those on those things in a negative way, but you're like, I appreciate stuff that Sessler has done in the industry. Like, he's one of the reasons why I wanted to write uh, uh, video game reviews. He did that one Bioshock review, and that blew my mind. So yeah. I tell him that all the time when I speak to him. Is like, hey, you know, you you're one of the reasons why we're here. The Giant Bombcast was is one of the reasons why we're here. You know, we can confirm that podcast and One Up Show. Those are all things that that gave us the ideas of like how to do this and do it in a in a good way. Um, but you always have those days when you're like, man, I don't want to record. I'm tired. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to definitely take a break because you need that just to get your your mind right and kind of mental capacities under under control and just like, all right, <laughs> I'm right. I need to go and not record a thing <laughs> and not talk about games for a bit. So yeah, you you get that. You definitely hit that 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 wall. People definitely don't realize in games how much their work has impacted people like us. Like that's one oh, thing yeah. that I totally realized where um, I mean, there's people, I mean, I, I wrote for Kevin Van Orn at GameSpot for two years. He was my editor. And like, I, you try not to like gush in front of them or like try to show your hand about how excited <laughs> you are. But I told him, and it's true, like reading your reviews was the reason I wanted to do this. It's the reason that like when I was, you know, you know, in like late high school, early college, I was like, I want to write about games for a living. Like I want to actually do this. It's why I put in, you know, hundreds of hours and not even getting paid because you're just trying to get good enough to write like someone like Kevin Van Ord. And uh, mm -hmm. it has to be weird hearing that, but it's it's a real thing. And the same thing with, like you said, like Adam Sessler and the Giant Bomb guys. Like if it wasn't for like Giant Bomb, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't be like my career path was altered because of these people. And like maybe mm -hmm. to them, they're like, oh God, what did I get you into? Now you're in games? Good luck. But like, <laughs> like there's definitely some, it, there's some awesome stuff with that. And same with, uh, you mentioned looking at social media and seeing like responses, like, you know, is this, is this podcast worth it and stuff like that? Are people actually listening to it? I was on the exact same way and I've never really gotten to the point where I wanted to quit this because even if only 50 people would listen to it every week till the end of time, like it, for me, it's these conversations are extremely valuable. Even if it is just yeah. for me, like it feels really cool to talk to these people. But also, uh, I would get the occasional email from someone who said like, Hey, like I, listen to your podcast and then i wrote a pitch to ign i sent it off i'm gonna let you know how it goes like you really inspired me to do this thing and like i've gotten a few of those and those make these fully worth it those make you know spending the hours editing this spending the hours like getting them ready and making sure it's all working even though i have like two other jobs going on that's where i'm like okay like i am getting like i this is exactly what i wanted this podcast to do and it means the world that stuff like that happens Yep, and doesn't doesn't it make you feel really good when you get to put out a really good show? Oh, it's amazing! Like being able being able to create content 
it, it's funny because a lot of people kind of poo-poo on you know content creators and blah 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 especially folks who there's this kind of weird space in between when uh there was like a mini beef between uh big big journalists and game sites and then like kind of youtubers and content creators on the outside but it's mm-hmm. funny because the convergence has been kind of cool to see and you know we as being on the podcasting side of it we're in that loop too. So it's like getting able to have, you know, long form or short form conversations about, you know, people who are in the industry or things that are happening throughout the day or the week actually does kind of impact, you know, the bigger space in a lot of ways, because you're kind of pushing the narrative and pushing that the, the conversation in a way that is through, you know, what you're seeing as a consumer and as a person who's in the industry. And it's fun to be able to kind of just poke at that stuff in a real way and say, you know, we're here, we're paying attention and we've been here for, for the longest of times, you know, we've, we've been gaming for how long at this point, you know, my carpal yeah. tunnel is like, what's up? <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's, yeah. that's absolutely true. And like, I do think there's always kind of been, not always, I mean, recently there's this weird gap between what the press does and what, you know, YouTubers do and what streamers do and what podcasters do. And I think there's this weird, like, one of them has to be the right answer for everyone. Like, and it's like, no, there's, there's different ways to deliver this content to everyone. And I think podcasting is very important. I love the idea of people reviewing games on podcasts. Like you guys are like, um, Gamertag Radio. Like reviewing yep. games, I think that's a smart, you have like long in-depth conversations about it and maybe there's no score, maybe there's no actual written review, but I think that's a cool way to do it. And, uh, I, I love that certain YouTubers build that audience and they like talk about games in a fun way that isn't journalism, which is absolutely fine. And same way with streamers. And of course, you know, I, I'm from the press. I've written for, you know, GameSpot, IGN, all those places. Like that's, mm-hmm. I have that soft spot, but it's been cool using this podcast to understand the other side of that. Like I, didn't understand youtube for the longest amount of time like an old man i don't get that youtube <laughs> but like i would have like youtubers on here and talk to them and be like hey, like how do you do this stuff and what's this like and same thing with streamers like i, I talk to uh two separate people who are like twitch partners and i'm like i don't even know what that means like let's talk about that and like how did you get this audience and what's this like and what's this work like and same thing with podcasters and it's it is it's it's super cool it's super fascinating and i think we need to realize like there is plenty of space you know, games are bigger than ever. Like, and you hear that all the time, but there's also game coverage is more diverse than ever in terms of how we can tackle it. I mean, and speaking about that, since you started playing games and reading journalism, you mentioned, you know, Giant Bomb fan, you were really into like Adam Sessler during that period where he was huge and doing these really awesome game reviews. Has it been heartening to see the issues of representation and diversity taken more seriously? Or in your mind, do you think we have such a long way to go. It's hard to even appreciate the incremental steps we've taken. I mean, I think it's it's gotten to a place in which, you know, the question I get asked often is like, so did you guys kind of help push the the diversity thing on the podcasting side? And I tell people no, um, because I think that there were a lot of people who were doing this work. We just didn't know that they were there because the conversation wasn't really happening in a bigger way. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's kind of opened up the the avenues for people who were probably talking about things for a long time to actually get a spotlight and some shine on what they're actually doing. So, you know, our, our friends over at I Need Diverse Games and Tanya Pass and all the folks at Gamer X and 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 you know all the different little segments of 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 gaming now that are doing all this wonderful, amazing, important work now have. You know, platforms, you know, they have ways that they are able to kind of talk about the stuff that they're doing, feminist frequency. All that stuff is like over and over and over again, 
were, were issues that were underlying in society, you know, so I kind of mm. kind of look at the line of where we move where we've moved in terms of, you know, looking at a parallel to where society has gone. So it's like, has diversity gotten more of a push? It has. But then you if you look at, you know, the way racism works in society, you look yeah. at the way that, you know, misogyny works in society. We still have a far, far, far way to go. Um, and I think that, you know, gaming is going to be maybe a couple of steps behind it in some aspects, but then also ahead of the curve. So, you know, we're going to have a really cool conversation about Mafia 3 in the next couple of days. Um, and that's a, a, a part of diversity moving itself forward at kind of light speed. You know, yeah. I didn't expect to have that kind of experience uh, in any of the games that I played. Uh, and to see that that's a thing that's happened and happened in a real way is is super cool to see um you know seeing people who i never thought i would see on stage you know talking about diversity and talking about it in big corporations and talking about it at big conferences has been amazing to see because it lets me know that i'm being seen in some form or fashion you know yeah i'm being the things that i'm thinking about and the ways that i live and the things that i see while i'm playing games are actually being seen and, and talked about in real ways so uh, you know the real answer is we have a we have a long way to go we do have to be um, cognizant of the wins that we are getting, because uh, that way you don't you don't really get down in the dumps too hard about the things that you that, that aren't there yet. But I think it's all about perspective. I think most of this most of the game coverage that we see is, needs more perspectives uh, and, and some more nuanced positions. Um, but I think that you're hearing a lot of truth, and that's been great. You know, a lot of truth has yeah. been spread, uh, and it's it's, push, it's moving things forward in a, in a good way. And I think that's an awesome perspective to have because similar to like we're talking about how sometimes we just complain about the technology we have and we don't realize that like we're living in some of the coolest times. And I think it's a similar case when you're looking at diversity where, of course, we should always push for more and push for like, look, you know, looking at this in a different way. But the small wins have to be one of those things you also do celebrate, like you mentioned. And you can also get lost sometimes in just the Twitter outrage over everything. And like you just see people constantly complaining or saying things and you're like, it can it can be exhausting sometimes, uh, but like talking to you, it, it's for me it's so much better because I can actually get like a you know a reasonable and honest take on all this stuff. And <laughs> it's cool to hear you say things like you know like like how cool Mafia Three is, even if that game you know isn't the best actual video game in the world. Like something like that wasn't possible like ten years ago. Like we didn't have games like that. It's it's this cool maybe even a big win compared to a small win and yeah, oh yeah like, like I a said, major like publisher put that out that's you know insane, what i mean right like you think about like that game major... like what <sighs> games were like that when we had ps2 or ps even ps3 or anything like the xbox 360 like games weren't really being put out like that like it's Mm-mm. it's fascinating Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that 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 game as a game isn't that great, but the social commentary that is kind of putting forward would have never been discussed in 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 five years ago. You know, yeah. like that stuff would have never been broached. So it's it's good to see that those things are moving. You know, people are actually paying attention and want to tell stories and aren't afraid to tell stories that are that will piss people off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like piss people off because history is is honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and- so it's like. Speaking of pissing people off, I mean, you do, you know, we're being very positive about this, but you do see on the internet all, like, there's a certain amount of negativity toward more diverse game coverage. People are demanding, like, you know, keep politics out of my games, which is the stupidest thing ever. But, like, that stuff's ridiculous to me. But do you get similar blowback for your podcast? Because it seems like 
even if it's just a single podcast that's being devoted to the idea of representation of people of color, people are like, well, that doesn't, you know, that's not inclusive. What about white people? And you're like, what are you even talking about? Do you get <laughs> any sort of blowback from your podcast at all, or has it been almost all positive? Uh, interestingly enough, uh, we got we got some blowback during the kind of middle, well, not not middle, but like towards the beginning of the Gamergate stuff. Um, uh, yeah. We got some blowback on that because we came out really early against it when a lot of sites and, and shows weren't were trying to like push it off to the side and didn't want to come out and say no this is this is garbage yeah um, and we had a we had a show literally that just talked about how much it was garbage and we how much we hated it mm. um, so we got some blowback on that and we've had some guests on that is that have that have um, kind of brought not brought people to us in a negative way but just like they have always gotten negative. Uh, 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 stuff on the internet. So we had like Lee Alexander on our show, who I love. She's amazing. She's mm. a wonderful writer and like does so much dope work. Um, but you know, over the years, people have hated on her for so many unreasonable things. Yeah. So when we had her as a guest on the show and we were promoting it, um, you know, she was she also she was like, I, I want to help promote, but I know you're going to get a lot of crap once I start tweeting about stuff. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. You, the things that we talked about on your episode need to be shared, you know, and I we will stand behind you and we will, you know, do what we need to do to deal with that. So we got some blowback on on some of that stuff. But it's also really interesting because we're three, du- three black dudes. Right. Mm. So it's like we don't get a quarter of the stuff that the the women in our lives or the women in our in our sphere of um of influence or, you know, uh, people who we really admire get, you know, like yeah. we, I, I've seen some of the, the chat logs and some of the stuff on streams of, of women that we follow and, and, and hang out with. And it's been so toxic and unreasonable. And th- then if you add the layer of being a minority and especially being black, it adds this extra layer of stuff. So we, we've tried to, we, we've been kind of lucky in that respect where people don't mess with us too often, but you do get the random DM that's like, hey, why do you black people do this thing that's super black? And I'm like, because I'm black. <laughs> that's dot, good dot, dot. That. Because I'm black and I have a. It's interesting because it's like one of those things that when you think about it, the conversation about why do you do a thing that centers around blackness is such an interesting conversation. And we can't really dig into it too hard, but the kind of the overarching thing is why shouldn't we be able to have these conversations? Even if you look at it in just the consumer sense, right? It's yeah. like I am a market to be marketed to. You know, like mm-hmm. people who look like me have very specific things, you know, not not digging into like monolithic kind of kind of discussions, but it's like I as a black person have very specific needs or wants or things based on my experiences in America, based on a lot of things that happened to me and based on the things that I see, touch, taste and feel. Yeah. So those things should be in the things that I'm consuming. And sometimes you have to market to me and we have to talk to people in ways that maybe other folks don't understand or get. So it's it's been so funny to have some people like, why do you do this black, super black thing? And I'm like, because it's what I know yeah, <laughs> it's because of, you know, who I am and I like to talk about it. You know, why do you why do you like, you know, crystal light? Because it tastes good. <laughs> you want to talk about it. You want to do the thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's like there's a reason why people like what they like. Um and there's a is a connective tissue that that brings the conversation around in a way that you m- might not necessarily understand. Um, so we get some hate. Uh, it's not a lot. Um, I don't. Maybe we're not big enough yet to get the hate that we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. It's coming. Yeah. It's oh yeah. Like right. A storm of it eventually so. arriving. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I think it's. 
empathy is so hard to find, especially on the internet. And I think, uh, you know, listening to people who have gone through this stuff that, like, I can never understand. Like, I am a straight white dude. Like, I do not get a lot of random internet hate unless I review a Japanese RPG and don't like it. That's about the <laughs> most you're going to get from me. So, like, it's, I think it's important to talk to the people who do get it and see what, what is that like? You know, why is this happening? You try to address those issues. And like you said, like, if you are a black woman, it's entirely different in terms of comments you would get on maybe a review you wrote or a YouTube video you posted or a stream you're doing than a white dude like me. And like, I want to understand what that's like and I want to address it and figure it out. And like, you know, let's, let's try to change this instead of just being like, I don't understand it and then moving on because that doesn't really help anyone. Uh, so in terms of your, your choice of guests, like you talked before about how you've had like Adam Sessler and Gita Jackson and like all these really awesome people on your show. Uh, what do you look for when it comes to having guests on? Of course, you know, diversity is important, but you know, not always again, like Adam Sessler, straight white dude. Uh, is it just trying to find people who will have interesting conversations about the industry as a whole? Like what's kind of your idea when you're going into emailing someone? It's like, did you do or do you do dope stuff at some point <laughs> in the industry? In the industry, um, you know, the the cool thing about the guest lineup that we have, which I think I I want to pat myself on the back a little bit, is like we've had one of the kind of most diverse, big big name, small name, medium name uh, uh, guest list of that most shows have had, um, and it's been really fun to kind of. Um, Look at the roster. We had a wish list when we first started, and I think everyone should do this. It's like, hey, write, a, write down all the people that you think are cool. See if you can and reach out to them, and like, don't don't put a ceiling on it. You know, yeah. You know, we we did that, and Sessler was at was one of the folks who was on the top of the list, and we had Dave Fenoy, who's a, a amazing uh, voiceover uh, actor in the industry, like one of the most well known uh, guys in this in the industry. And you know, I told Cicero, he was like, I really want to get Dave Fenoy. Dave Fenoy is like, I I live for Dave Fenoy, <laughs> and, and I said, all right, so we have our wish list. Go get him. Right. Mm. And in 24 hours, he was like, oh, my God, I got Dave Fenoy on the show. <laughs> and mind you, you know, we had we were like less than 10 shows in. But it was one of those things where it was like, you know, we have nothing to lose. You know, we have nothing to lose. And we have a, a platform and, a, and an idea that I think people will want to rock with. So it's like, you know, <clears throat> having having conversation. And that's and I guess that's the second part of it is I want to have conversations with people um who are in games but don't really re revolve around the games they're making because i think that that's a cool concept yeah. but i think everybody does that and i don't really care you know mm -hmm. like your game is going to be your game and we'll play it and we'll hopefully be able to review it and and do all that stuff but i want to know why you did this why you're in this industry um and you get to talk about other stuff because you just want to talk about people as people like yeah. one of my favorite shows was um the one we had uh with colin moriarty from kind of funny and um uh, it was great because we wanted to talk to him about politics. We know that at the time he was a Republican um, and, it, you know, we wanted to talk about what it's like to be a Republican in games because that side of the, the conversation doesn't really get talked it's about. It's rare, that. yeah. It's super rare, you know, and he's super politically aware and, and, and talks about his politics openly and, and we love politics. So I was like, let's talk to him about that because that's a cool thing to talk about, you know, uh, you know, we talked about. You know, you know, Evan Narciss, uh, formerly of Kotaku, you know, what it's like to be a black journalist in the industry. And that's a he's a big name guy in the industry. And to be able to have that kind of conversation uh, and specifically say, you know, we want to have this conversation. I think that that's super important. Yeah. Is going up into it uh, up in front and say, you know, 
we want to have a hard conversation. Are you willing to do that with us? Yeah. And a lot of people are like, hell yes, I want to have this conversation because I haven't had the opportunity to have this conversation yet. You know, and and I think, again, if you look at people as people, um, you know, being able to just bring out parts of them that no one else got a chance to to, to do is so much fun. I, I guess the last one really quick is. Um, yeah. And, I, and we kind of do and we have like big meetings about guests. Right. So we're like, all right, how do we want to frame this conversation? Um, and it was fun uh, doing the one with David Jaffe. David Jaffe gets um, a lot of heat on the internet for a lot of different <laughs> things. He is super outspoken, both in the positive and in the negative. And I, and I, we never told David this, but I was like, I want to round him out. You know, I want to make him more of a 360 degree person because he is a 360 degree person. You know, mm. he actually has thoughts and feelings about things that are not just like, you know, spouting off cuss words on the Internet. Yeah. So can we figure out a way to do that? And I think, you know, we had a discussion with him about race that I don't think he's ever had on any podcast, you know, mm. and and it was so cool to see him be thoughtful and to be um, uh, aware and he had some rough edges that we worked around, too. That was kind of fun where a lot of people, when you talk about nuance, would have automatically kind of shut the conversation down. Yeah. If you if you hit a pain point, you hit a trigger word or you hit something that's like, eh, you said that kind of wrong. And that wasn't really what my politics says. But I think, again, like the conversation about nuance is super important. You know, we oh, want to totally. have conversations with most of our women guests about not just about being women in the industry. You're just like, what do you like? What are the things that you do? Um and people kind of put people in boxes pre-show. And then it's great to see people kind of get the ability to kind of move out of those spaces and talk about themselves as just humans. Yeah. I mean, I love that idea of you don't shut down when something comes up that maybe you and your guest, your guest have a disagreement on or a word where you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to dig into that. Like, no, it's important to dig into that. Like, let's understand why this person thinks that way or you know, why you think that way and not just – quitting on a conversation because it might be difficult to have. And I totally agree with like, I don't like the idea anytime someone has like a woman on their show, like what's it like being a woman in the games industry? Like, okay. Like <laughs> she's gotten that question on every show ever. Like you think of like a more creative way to talk about this. That isn't just that, or don't even talk about that. Talk about something else. I mean, so much yeah. of this industry is personality based more now than ever because of Twitter, because of just the way, you know, you look at Patreon where Danny O'Dwyer who's awesome can get on there and get like $15,000 from people. Like it's a, it's, it's amazing. People care about these people. And I think it's important for people like us to do that with developers too, because I, I don't think the personality kind of uh, idea that's happening in writing isn't really happening in development. You, you think of a studio, you think of Bethesda and there's like, okay, there's Todd Howard and mm -hmm. maybe there's one or two other people you know, but then it's just a giant studio of people. And to you, they're like nameless, faceless people. They're just making some of the biggest and you know, baddest games you've ever played. And the same thing with like, uh, with like just about any company out there, like that make games like Sony Santa Monica and like different mm -hmm. things like that. And like you said, sometimes all these people are not like dying to talk about themselves, but they would love to talk about what they do and why they got into it. And all you have to do is just ask. And then you have this new appreciation for people in games. It's been it's been one of the most rewarding things for me as now that I'm working with Tan Gentleman and Sony Santa Monica is mm -hmm. uh, talking to these people who make games, talking to, you know, my boss made Spec Ops The Line, which is like this amazing, right? interesting game and talking to him about like, 
what was it like, you know, how he moved to Berlin for four years and just the insanity that was there and what it was like making this game that was, you know, to a lot of people look like a standard third person shooter, but tackled ideas that hadn't been tackled before and talking about the crazy people in Berlin who would party from like Friday after work until Monday morning nonstop and like barely sleep and do insane stuff. And like that to me, not that not enough of that stuff is happening. And I think it's important for podcasts like ours to find these people and to talk to them and get their stories out there. Cause for me, it makes playing their games that much more interesting. Oh yeah. It adds a whole other layer to, you know, your experiences when you do that stuff. Like, uh, I, I play media molecule stuff in a totally different way now. Yeah. Now that I, now that we had the the conversation with the, the founders on the show, cause it's like, I know that they have put so many different versions of their heart and soul into these games that I have to give it the more, I have to give it more respect mm-hmm. in a lot of ways to and give them a lot more props to say like, you guys are really smart and do yeah. cool stuff that I could never <laughs> ever imagine so yeah yeah I don't, i'm totally in that boat you might even like see things about a game you would have never seen otherwise because you tied that conversation and like uh it, it's it's weird with my situation when i'm you know if my name's in the credits of a game i'm going to be really excited to play it but <laughs> when i play to hear they lie like there was something cool about seeing each detail that you know i've done interviews with these guys for hours and hours about what they were going for when you see a certain part nail it you're like oh my god like i know exactly you know how that idea happened where it came from and one of the coolest things was like watching Corey davis play it and talk about it and i was like this is Mm. this is something that you just it's really fascinating again it's this whole new level of appreciation for this thing that you've loved ever since you were a kid uh and kind of continuing on that train of thought like have you ever gotten almost starstruck from someone you've talked to on your podcast because it's it's so funny to people like us these people are celebrities like patrick klepik is this odd celebrity to us that maybe people wouldn't notice him on the street but for me i'm like i've been listening to that guy for years and same with jeff Mm -hmm. grossman and uh like you know vinnie caravella all these different people Uh, have you ever had the moment where you're on the podcast someone you're like i'm talking to adam sessler what the hell is going on i think yeah we had that with adam the first show we had with him was like that. Um, and the, uh, gosh, it was so funny because we were like, have our little side chat mm-hmm. and, we're, and we're chatting to try to kind of move, move the direction of the show in whatever way we need to. And it was so funny trying to remember, trying to remember that we're like, okay, we're all just human beings. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not freaking out. Jeff Kanata was like that. Oh, I was yeah. a huge fan of Jeff Kanata's work for a long time. Um, you know, gosh, Evan was like that. Lee was like that. It's, it's so funny because at this point, you know, I we we've kind of passed the position of feeling like they are up here and we're down here. We're we're, we're peers now at this point. Yeah. Um. The and it's it's one of those cool things that now when you go and you you ask people to be on a show or you you know you talk to folks who are um who are in spaces that you've always kind of wanted to be in and now you're kind of at semi semi the same level. Um, it it removes a layer of that kind of starstruckness yeah. because you know that they are just like get up and go to the bathroom and go and do all <laughs> the stuff that you do. Um, but there's still people who you know when I see them or I meet them, I'm still kind of like uh, I, yeah. I meet, I'm trying to meet you and such and such. Like the first time I met Robin Honicky, um, I was like starstruck. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, it's Robin Honicky. I love all the stuff that you do and you're so cool and da da da. Um, and then we had a couple of conversations and I was like, you were one of the most down to earth chilled out people i've ever met on the planet you know like i've put you on this weird pedestal when we are totally doing the same thing on this big spinning rock you know yeah um it's 
it's it's so bizarre because again, like you said, you have them on this pedestal, but you gotta understand that they were in the same position you were not too long ago, trying to you know make a name in this industry. And I think you mentioned kind of putting people like on the same level. I think that's extremely smart. Uh, even if you have a small podcast, you can't just be like, "Hey, it's my my lowly little podcast." Please, you don't have to come on. Like, you gotta come to it. Like, hey, like I would love to talk to you. Like, you know. I appreciate your work and, you know, I have this cool thing I'm doing. And I think it's the same thing when you're a writer. Uh, one of the smartest things you can do is get rid of that, you know, I'm an aspiring writer. Like, no, 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 you're a writer. Like, you're a writer right. now. Like, you're doing this now, especially if you've been paid before to do it. Like, get rid of the aspiring thing. I've always told people, like, don't put in your Twitter description you're an aspiring this and aspiring that. If you're doing it, you're doing mm. it. Like, you might be not on the same scale yet, but you you can't look at yourself as – well, I'm all the way down here. They're all the way up there. You're not – put yourself if, – if, you, if you're good at what you do or you believe in what you're doing or you think what you're doing is important, like get rid of that aspiring bullshit and just know that like whatever you're doing is awesome. Agreed. I mean that was the was, that was one of the first things I learned in the first year of promoting this show when I had to – when I would go to like a, a conference and stuff like that. I was kind of meek about it and kind of like, oh, well, you know, we do a show about diversity and blah. And, and they were like, all right, kid. <laughs> thanks for coming by. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, and it was it was different than the second year out. You know, like you learn what things you need to say to people to get the access that you need. And, you know, you know, when you go when you are and do have the ability to meet people that you always wanted to meet. If you just come at them and say, hey, I do a thing and I would love for you to be a part of it because I think the stuff you do is great. Then most people will be, be, be cool with it and rock with you. Yeah, and you'd be shocked, anyone out there who's listening who wants to start a podcast or anything. Like, it's, you know, not everyone's going to say yes, but there's a shocking number of people who you would not think would say yes who say yes. Like, oh, there's yes. just times where, like, I had talked to Alex Navarro, like, one other time, because uh, we were trying to coordinate something for uh, Corey and Rich on my team to be on, like, the E3 live show, which happened and it was awesome. And then later, I was like, hey, I would, you know, been a big fan of yours for a long time. You want to come on the podcast? He's like, yeah, sure. How about this weekend? And, like, sometimes it's that easy. This person who you've looked up to yep. for a long time, it's like, no, it's that easy. They would love to talk to you. Like, you just got to come at it from the right way and not, you know, don't be meek. Like, you, you will be at the start, <laughs> but eventually you'll get over that. Uh, so at this point, you're, you're filling this hole in the industry that we were talking about earlier that wasn't really there in the podcasting scene. And uh, you're, you're doing this really cool thing. And I think... It's also important to kind of look at the rest of the industry and say, like, what else is missing in games? In your mind, if you look at what's going on, like, you know, we're taking these incremental steps forward in terms of representation and talking about games differently. But is there anything else you feel in terms of game coverage that is either missing or we can improve on? Um, I, th I honestly, you know what the funny thing is, you, you kind of reference the um, GameSpot appearance that we had. Um, uh, we, I was reflecting on it. I was at a at a, a talk earlier this week, um, and and doing and talking about the show and stuff. And I was it came came to me that you know when we did that Gamespot appearance, there hadn't really been any black people or people of color, uh, who had been on the network yeah. in a very long time. Um, and I think about that in terms of the kind of big uh channel, big game website space, um, that there just still aren't any people who are like visible on front of camera doing stuff you know austin austin walker just started waypoint so he's there good for him uh, he's killing it oh my god austin is so dope yeah. um uh malik forte is doing uh, a lot of cool stuff on the the esports side of thing but that's like two people yeah you know i don't see any black women any i hardly see any latinas who yeah. are who are in 
uh, in front of camera doing any of those things in that space uh, who are like out there who are visible who are in front of camera who are doing review spots who are doing uh, uh, uh features and things like that there are hardly any if there are at all so that's a space where i'd like to see people move forward i would love to be at the front of that movement that would be cool <laughs> i just need people to help me figure out how to make videos and youtube stuff but it's but it's you know a conversation that again is like it needs to happen in a real way and it has to happen faster than what it in the rate that it's going because it's not hard like that's the funny part is it isn't that difficult to find really competent good people who are doing this kind of work who have been doing this work and need and need a platform to do it on so it's like it makes me think that either these folks are just not getting seen no one is is sharing their work or that the bigger companies don't find it to be worth their time, effort, or money to kind of promote those those folks because of whatever potential backlash they'll get from the, the greater uh, gaming community. And if that's the case, then that's kind of stupid. Yeah. It's silly. It doesn't make sense. You know, if you add people to the mix, it does nothing but make your mix better. Um, so, you know, I want to see that as the, as the f- foundational thing. Uh, and also, I want to see... Uh, 4am the game from Q Q games come back out I want that to come back out <laughs> if there's a movement for anything I want that to happen please make that happen start that, that game is so great. please start that movement I want that I need that game figure out a way to put it on my PS4 thank you uh, yeah and like even if and I do think you know the game spots the IGNs like stuff like that it would be awesome to see you know more representation that way but even like stuff like your podcast is important in that space where like you started something and it's getting bigger and now you are more out there and like you know hopefully people can like we said it's easier than ever to start streams and youtube channels and podcasts and stuff like that so it'll be i do hope down the line uh we see just more diversity in that kind of stuff because i like listening to people who aren't like me uh like learning from them and understanding new things so i do hope we see more of that i mean for you personally what are your plans for spawn on me moving forward like what is you mentioned you you, you talk a lot about guest lists and what you want to talk about i'm guessing you'll talk about you know what you want this podcast to become for yes yeah, so for you like what are your plans for spawn on me what do you want to see happen uh by the end of the year and early next year yeah i mean um hmm, we have a lot of stuff that we'd like to do uh we want to move forward and kind of continue to to get some some big name guests on the show and and then have a platform for some folks who are for who are just kind of getting their, their feet wet in the industry so we can kind of boost them up um hoping to kind of you know do the usual podcast things grow your listener base and, and have people come out and listen to it we would actually you know what we would love to do we'd love to finally do a panel at a show at a conference that would be really cool oh, that's like awesome. on our wish list um and we also kind of want to push forward video stuff we're trying to figure out i'm trying to figure out ways to kind of move us into a video space maybe do something on twitch and youtube um and then like the really big thing that I want to do is push um, Spawn for Good um, in a in a real way uh, this year. Uh, we have some cool plans for it. If you're not familiar with Spawn for Good, um, we uh, we started a kind of social activist gaming uh, platform. So we saw that there were a lot of people who weren't kind of paying attention to social justice issues in the gaming space uh, through charity work. So mm-hmm. we decided that every Martin Luther King weekend we would have. Um, uh, a weekend full of streamers and people that we love and, and know uh, raise money for a particular hard cause. Um, one, so one that's not just like the usual kind of like sick children or elderly folks or, you know, and those and those are perfectly smart and wonderful things to, to, to stream for. I'm not saying don't give money to babies, <laughs> but 
But it's like there are things that are on the periphery that are really hard issues to raise money for. And maybe we can be the the, the vessel for that and, and talk about that stuff. So we did our first stream uh, for, uh, for the first one for good was uh, about Black Lives Matters um, and about police brutality. The second one we did was about reproductive rights. Uh, so we partnered with the National Network of Abortion Funds uh, to raise money for them. And this year, we're still kind of on the fence about what we're going to do, but I think we have a, a, a clear idea. But you'll know more about it during Martin Luther King weekend, all the ramp up to it in, in January. Uh, so I kind of want to flesh that out in a bigger way so that we can kind of start to have that narrative pushed out as well. Because I think, you know, our show is great and we're doing that version of uh, pushing for a social cause, but we can actually do another version of that and actually affect people with money and give them stuff that they need so that they can help kind of move their operations along and kind of help them do what they do on the daily. Um, so that's, that's kind of where it spawned, uh, spawned on me is kind of go in 2017. Oh my God. I said 2017. Oh, it's, it's so close. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going and we want people to help. You know, we, we're not a closed down system. We're always looking for folks who are smarter than us and more savvy than us to help us kind of move things forward. So if you know stuff about making videos and you want to help us out, you know, I'm going to be knocking on Daniel Dwyer's door like, Hey, <laughs> when you're not busy, can you help a brother out? Um, <laughs> but definitely. Yeah. We, we're, our, our, our doors are open. Our, our, our DMS are open. <laughs> so you can definitely hit us yeah, up. Just slide, us into those, if you're slide doing into cool those stuff. Just slide in, just slide in. The doors, the doors cracked. It's a jar. You can definitely come in and hang out. Well, that's really awesome. Uh, Khalif, what is the best way for people to find you and the podcast? Oh, man, you can find us on our website, uh, spawnon.me. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on NPR One. Uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter, at spawnonme. You can hit me up on Twitter, at kajakins. That's K-A-H-J-A-H-K-I-N-S. Uh, and you can always uh, find us everywhere that you find all your dope podcasts. So come check us out. Come listen. Come hang out. And, and, and we'll, we'll welcome you into our lovely faux land of Bricago. <laughs> <laughs> and you can come be a part of our crew. That's, uh, it's, it's great. And really, uh, I think you're doing awesome work, all you guys. What you're doing is super important. And again, it's been awesome to see the success of it. And I, I do hope 2017 is your best year. Thank you so much for coming on, Khalif. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And, and, and same with you, man. I want you to have the <laughs> most success with your show. You're doing a phenomenal job already. And I can just see it getting uh, bigger, bigger and bigger. And definitely, you should definitely come on Spawn on Me. Come hang out and talk and chill and, chill and hang out. Thank you so much. And totally. I will absolutely do that anytime. Just let me know and I'll totally come on. Dope. Um, all right. Yeah. Thanks again. And thanks everyone for listening. Hopefully tune back in for the next episode of the 1099.